The views expressed at WTFlandia are not to direct, guide, or sway public opinion for entertainment purposes only. Good day, WTF Landia Radio Show listeners. Good day and happy third Monday of January. It is the third Monday of January and we all very well know what that means. Well, for Americans, we do. It's a special day. It happens every third Monday of every single year in America. And it is a national holiday. It is MLK Day. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It's a national holiday, guys. I would do the hit round of applause. But my legs are under the covers and it's cold. <laughs> It's cold. So I found my chest. (laughs) Yo, this special day is very special this year because, well, we are in America going to be experiencing, seeing, and celebrating an inauguration day with the intentions of, unless votes are going to be counted again. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? Anything can happen these days. And they're like, you know what? Let's count those votes in Georgia again. DJT, go away. Stop it already. Like, we're done. You already started a half-breed civil war. It's it's strange. It's just too much. DJT, he's going to pardon 100 people or more. And we just learned. Well, I just learned. I don't spend a lot of time on the Twitter, but I do have an account, WTF Landia Radio, on Twitter. And I happened to just go on there today because it popped up in my notifications. A lot of my notifications are turned off because, oh, well, I don't like to get shocked by news. I like to go searching for it if I want it. You know, I have to draw the line. It's called, it's called protecting your peace. I mentioned this a lot. I, I advise others to protect their peace. It is that you're dealing with, uh, especially all these heavy issues and news issues going on these days. And so I did go and have a little, I think I turned on some applications. And then I saw that uh, pop up. And uh, little Wayne, it's all starting to make sense, buddy. I hear that he's getting pardoned by the old DJT, the old Donnie, John Trump. And it's interesting because do we all remember... Um, sometime in November-ish where he started to go on that little meeting. He went, he bought his gold mouth or, or whatever's in his mouth. I wonder about his teeth health. I wonder. I wonder about his mouth, his oral health. I mean, that little bug, I mean, that little man, he looks, well, I don't know. Anyways, let me keep that to myself. That's rude. Hey, Lil Wayne, you want to talk about it? Come on over to the show. Like to hear, like to hear why you had that meeting with DJT, and uh, why he uh, invited you to talk about, you know, the platinum plan, and now why you are getting a pardon, perhaps on Tuesday. Tuesday, you getting a pardon? A pardon? Pardon me, sir. Pardon me, you little ant. You're tiny. You look odd, but that's okay because you're supposed to be kinfolk. But it's all starting to make sense. So he started. He's DJT is planning on pardoning a hundred people. I don't know if he's planning on pardoning the Angeli guy with the taxidermy, or the other guys that had Hitler's Ashlam on their T-shirts, or whatever. There's, those guys are starting to look scarier than I thought. Actually, you know, I was all, I was making fun of them for a podcast ago because it just looked like an insurrection satire coup but now it's starting to look a little more serious than uh, we anticipated so I don't know DJT is set to pardon 100 folks tomorrow so we shall see on Tuesday January 19th day before inauguration 
He's he's a he's a holdout guy. He's like the holdout house. They just need that one little house to get plucked out so they can build up their condo. And that in in our terms is to, you know, move in Joey B and Kamala Harris. We just need that holdout house to be knocked down. <laughs> so I suppose that he's getting all these things out of the way. I wonder again, I wonder if he's pardoning all those patriots. There's a lot more than a hundred patriots that were like I feel like they felt like they had a place inside there. They're like, this is my Capitol building. You know, taxidermy head came in there like, hey, bro. Hey, buddy. Isn't this grand in here? This looks great. Oh, what happened to you? Look at you. You're bloody. Are you okay? God bless you, brother. It was so awkward. It makes me feel a little weird just repeating that. <laughs> it makes me feel... <laughs> it's weird. He's like, oh, I got shot in the face. What? Oh, brother. And he just didn't care. He didn't answer him back. He's like, I got shot in the face. And he's like, oh, I'm going to take my seat up here and close this. Is this Pelosi's seat? Is this Pelosi's seat, bruh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm mixing my accents. But you know what I mean? It's weird. It's like they set up shop in the Capitol building where they thought, like, it was their own. And I feel like it's because they thought they would get these pardons from DJT. If you think about it, it almost seemed like they thought this would work out in their favor. He's a, that DJT is a promising fella. He promised a lot. He could never, though. No, he could never. You guys probably thought that show would be around for a long time. I promise you that show, show would go on forever. And now it's just a flop. Just like that presidency seems to be for a lot of folks. So anyways, as we prepare to say sayonara Adios. Arrivederci. Ciao. Uh, to DJT. Bye. To DJT. Then we'll see who's getting those pardons uh, on the way out. I don't know how many presidents pardoned folks and, and what it looks like, but this these the folks that DJT's pardoning is like real criminals, like 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 guilty. And I feel like the folks that the other presidents pardoned were probably guilty, but by association. Or by default. Or not, they didn't intend to. And the people that uh, DJT is pardoning is like, I went in there and, and did an arm robbery. But you know what? I've learned. <laughs> I smacked that hoe. But, you know, she's fine. She got over it. I mean, it's just like weird. It's like he's just pardoning people that... It ain't right. It's not. It's how I feel. And again, that laughter is very, 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 very just uncomfortable. I just feel uncomfortable, so I laugh. Um, but that's what DJT is, uh, it seems like he is up to. And so, I I have my questions, but uh, a special date. We're here, we're here. A special date, a special date. We are here on the 18th, and we are celebrating MLK Day. And Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., for those of us who are, you know, maybe abroad and, you know, wanting to know more, he was uh, a minister, started off as a minister. His father was a minister. And he um, led the civil rights movement, which basically started around 1955 until he was assassinated. Uh, in 1968, I believe. And it's different because right now we're watching the Black Lives Matter movement. We're watching civil disobedience. We are watching everything. And to be honest, folks, I think most of us level-headed thinking people do know this. We know this, this, this to be very true. The Black Lives Matter Movement, protest, statement is nonviolent. Okay? It literally is just a message to preach that fact, to stop killing and stop, you know, being violent towards our people. Essentially, that's the message. It has been touted and rebranded and remarketed by the Patriots, a.k.a. the Insurrection Coup boys, 
I was out at the beach today and just, you know, just minding my business, saying a prayer by the water. And, uh, and I hear from the back of my head, um, just somebody walking along the, uh, the trail saying, Prabhus! <laughs> I don't like to acknowledge that name on this WTF Landia radio show. But that's what he said. And I was like, it took me a while because I don't want to give him direct, you know, energy saying, I heard that, you know, if he was trying to say it, just to say it, you know, in my direction or anybody's direction that was, you know, colored. <laughs> so I didn't, I waited a while and then I just kind of followed where I thought the direction of that person might go and I looked and he was just one of those real awkward fellas, not quite white, very unaware, just like the guy who kind of started the Proud Boys, PBs, whatever he is, I don't know, he's, non, he's non-Caucasian, but very confused, right? And very uh, enamored by this one thought of keeping America pure, which wouldn't include him, but just very confused, it's a confused group. And so I wonder, with that said, like, if confusion being the mother of acceptance is the reason why, you know, a lot of those patriots have accepted, you know, DJT and all these other GOPs and all these other, it sounds like a gang that I'm talking about, all these other um, folks saying that Black Lives Matter is, 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 is some sort of a gang and some sort of a, you know, violent movement of anti-fascist. It just, it's, it, it's all so confusing. They, like I said, the remarketing of, of the meaning of what Black Lives Mattering means and what it was meant for as, people orga- as we organized and people organized to peacefully protest. It was... You know, people like DJT confusing the heck out of people and allowing them with confusion to accept the fact that there weren't facts. There was just a bunch of rigor mortis. And uh, so Black Lives Matter movement to me is like the civil rights movements of the 60s, of the 50s and 60s. Uh, black power movement where it's like power to the people we had no power we had our powers taken away we had just gotten down with slavery and, and just trying to get you know civil rights the whites only bathrooms and and, and 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 fountains and whatnot trying to you know take back our power and say hey we're just as human as you you're just as human as us let's stop playing the game acting like you better when we all know that that's not true so that was what that movement was about again. And then it got remarketed, rebranded by a bunch of, well, racists that wanted to take the power away from it and, and, and create confusion, suggesting that black power was trying to take your rights away and trying to erase your race and trying to get rid of. And it's just not true. So that's the same kind of all that to say. That's the same kind of rhetoric that got us to this point where we had to fight for our lives and we saw George Floyd get killed in Amada Arbery going for a jog through a neighborhood. Get killed without, you know, trial or warning or anything. Because, you know, the fear that was created around black lives. And I'm hoping in 2021, after Joey Biden and Kamala Harris get inaugurated in a couple days, that we can uh, start to put these justifications that we all need to see be um, looked at um, on the legislative floors. And so that we don't have to worry about black people being killed. And the reason why Dr. King went and marched and fought or not fought because you know he, it was nonviolent. he got together with you know brother Malcolm X and you know you know he stayed he kind of he basically Jim Brown and, and, and people who kind of were saying look we have the power we have the voice we have the platform let us speak and let us speak loud and let us not be afraid and so when they were able to, you know, gather enough people to say, hey, your rights are important, you know, 
then it became a movement and then they kind of countered it with violence and hate and that's because whenever we try to get together and you know you have power so there's power in people there's power in numbers and the people are the bosses of you know ultimately of well all the government entities because you put them in office which just means you're their boss and a lot of people who are doing well in the government they understand that and they say hey I'm here to service my community people like ALC does a great job I just always name her because she constantly pops in my head because she seems very very down to earth like that there's so many more but uh, they say hey these are these are the people that I represent right you don't want to say boss because you're like, I'm the boss of me. A lot of people, I don't want to use that word and you start to feel offended. But if you are, if you have taken a public office, you are in charge of basically relinquishing or, or, or being a liaison between your community uh, and the government. And you want to get these laws out. You want to be the voice for them. So um, they got together and they started to, you know, say, hey, we have power and this is what we're going to do. In the meanwhile, certain governmental units like the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover didn't like it. He was the director of the FBI back then. And so in 63, I think he basically was like, let's, 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 let's tap his cell phone. Oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't have cell phones then. <laughs> let's tap his cell phone and let's try to find out what he's up to. Really, he was just calling people like, all right, look, we're going to go um, gonna, gonna go march Birmingham. You know, we're going to go protest. We're going to go get them rights. And uh, we're going to gather up our, you know, our, our church and our communities and, and you know, and, and just organize protests, you know, in the 60s. That's what you did. That's what you did if you wanted to get your rights. So then he had a speech, actually, at a march on Washington, which bought millions and millions, as Donald Trump would say. As far as the eye can see, there was many, but there actually was for the I Have Dreams speech, which is which was in '63 um, at the Lincoln Memorial, and uh, that speech, which we'll play at the end of this podcast, is very powerful, very powerful, and very important for us to acknowledge that uh, we had uh, we come to a point where we needed to, as eloquently as powerfully as he put it. You know, to be looked at as human beings with inalienable rights and equal rights. And eh, here we are, all these years later, producing a whole movement called the Black Lives Matter movement that has been rebranded, like I said, as a gang and then this and that. And you people, patriots are all scared and crap. Stop it. Let's stop it now. Because we should not even be back here where we're doing the same thing, you know. Everything full circle. I get that. That's life. Everything full circle, no doubt. But fashion. That's it. Not racism. Full circle fashion is fine. Racism, I want a peg leg jean right now. I want Levi's high-waisted. I want bell bottoms, afros. I love that. Look, I don't want racism. So a lot more of us are not down with that than, are, than those of us that are. So let's just get that clear. So that's a round of applause to uh, Americans as a collective who are willing to be out there fighting for the same rights that uh, MLK was fighting for way those many days back. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King, though, was assassinated uh, in Atlanta. I believe it. I believe it was in Atlanta, in Georgia. Um, and he and that was like horrible because he had he was just getting together with the sanitation. I remember reading this or watching something about this, and he was, and he didn't want to go out that night. He wasn't feeling well. He wasn't feeling so well. It's like he had a flu or something. But he went out and he was just trying to. And also, I think he was probably like an introvert, extrovert. extrovert. I get that feeling from him. It's people that like that that have the ability to help people and to sway people and, and and powerfully put together their words that oftentimes need some alone time. You know? Kinda like, you know, well me, I have this podcast and I like to share my words, but in real life, I'm also like, hey, and I can get down for a moment and then I need to retreat and uh have my alone time. <laughs> 
but I believe that that's how, and I'm not, I'm not, dare I, dare I put myself on the platform as MLK. One day, maybe I can reach an audience. If the, if, you know, the message needs to be delivered, then hey, I, I take, I take the, uh, the honor to do that. But also, I get that I'm a person that, you know, needs to retreat. And I think that's what he needed to do. However, he was about that life and wanted to see us, you know, get free and get, you know, what we needed as a human, as a, as a human being to understand, which is all men are created equally. Right. And so at that speech, I remember he said he had been to the mountaintops and he had, and I don't remember, so I'm not going to say word for word, but he was basically saying that he's seen what is to come. And then it almost like he knew, basically. I, I, I don't know the speech directly, but um, it's almost like he knew what to expect. And that next day, that next day, a fellow by the name of, what they say anyways, I, I don't know, I just, I'm thinking back about it now, and I'm thinking, you know, with the FBI, James Edgar Hoover, see, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. had uh, allowed them to, Senator, or Governor, one of them, sorry, no, do your research. <laughs> he had allowed J. Edgar Hoover, it was our president, <laughs> I'm a mess. He has allowed J. Edgar Hoover to wiretap um, the phone of MLK. So he had, he had allowed it to happen. But he didn't intend for, you know, it was like a, for, for an interim base, basis. He was like, you know, here, I'll let you tap the phone. Let's just see if, because he was supposed to be associated with this communist group. They, then they started to say he was communist. Um, and so he allowed that to happen. But then he um, he said that he couldn't uh, that, that that it was only a short term ordeal, but uh, Hoover extended it, and so he kind of he 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 was breaking the law. But we all know Jay or Hoover was a lawbreaker and an insurrectionist. That's you know, in my opinion, <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word to use, but you know, he wasn't right. Uh, and so he went further on with that. So he developed all this, you know, all this kind of rhetoric around Dr. King um, being something that he wasn't. And he tried to pitch this idea to his wonderful wife, Coretta Scott King, who's still with us this day, um, and tried to present all this evidence to say that he was cheating on her. And come on, back in those days, even if he were, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you had women throwing themselves at, uh, you know, civil rights movement. You had civil rights movement, uh, civil rights leaders throwing themselves at women. You have that going on now. Somebody's going to throw themselves at DJT, even through the the glass that he'll be at. He'll be touching hands with some lady, and and because Melania will be back in Yugoslavia or, or, or Bulgaria or wherever she's from. So. That happened, so that doesn't surprise me, and it's still, and you know, and so they, you know, if it did happen, you know, no one's perfect is what I'm saying. Um, but she held it, she held it down. She was like, you know what? They, the FBI played me all these tapes. I didn't hear Martin's voice in none of that. Held it down. Stand by your man. Yes, Miss Coretta Scott King, because every arrow was being aimed at Dr. King in order for him to go down in a blaze of, well, fighting for our freedoms so that we aren't here in 2021 doing the same thing. But all of that went to, well, here we are fighting for our freedoms in America still all these years later. And uh, so a lot of that was like, yeah, did, did, uh, did, uh, James Earl Ray, did he actually do it? Because he was like some petty thief. Like, he didn't do nothing. He didn't have no violent history or whatever. But um, I think it, they think it was like the FBI was in charge of it. And still, they did find out that there was some involvement with the FBI. So later, they're going to they're gonna uncover it, I heard. From what I read, they're going to uncover it later. Like, they're going to release these sensitive 
tapes and things like that, like in 2027. <laughs> That's what I think the date was. I read something earlier about it. And in 2027, we can expect to hear that, hear what Miss Coretta Scott King heard, which was nothing. And even if we heard some back in those days, you know, it was like love and, and drugs. And not that Dr. King was doing that. But again, none of that surprised me because humans are humans and humans are faulty. I don't care if they're pastors, presidents, preachers, uh, anything. What you do is you acknowledge those things, say, look, I'm not perfect, but I can be better. But it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that he was fighting for freedoms and movements, that we should not allow those comments about who he was, you know, as a husband, sway, from the, sway us from the fact that the power behind us being able to live freely and, and uh, you know, understand that we're equal should not go amiss, period. Right? But it's easier to talk to bring up people's past. Well, he did this. It's always easy to bring up something. Somebody do something good. Like, let's find, let's dig up that dirt so we can just nail them to the cross. And then everybody has to forget all of everything that they sacrificed, including Dr. King's life. He sacrificed in order to see us attain some of those freedoms. So it is January. The ninth or the eighteenth today, and uh, it's a Monday, and we are again two days away from, well, again, unless we have to count those votes another couple times. <laughs> everybody's done counting. It's like everybody who's had to count that. Look, I hate math. I hate it. I hate calculators. I hate money. I just I. Uh, uh, <laughs> DJT made everybody hate numbers. <laughs> I've been counting. I've just been counting. Everybody's just going to spelling. Like, you know what? Let's just use well, algebra. Can we get rid of numbers? Let's use another another way to, to to figure out how to put things together. But let's not call it numbers. I mean, DJT, you're putting people off to numbers. That's a problem. You made people count too much. You just got to go away. Just go away. Just go, go, go. You know what? Hey, having that here's an idea. You know, in honor of Dr. MLK, if you're still, if you're, if you're about that life, Mike Pence sent out a little tweet, too. I noticed that. And he talked about, you know, civil disobedience and, you know, how, how Dr. King, you know, you know, fought to, to, for these rights of, uh, of Americans to, to live together peacefully. And blah, blah, blah. He didn't say that in his tweet. You can go read it. Go look in the archives of January 18th, 2021 of Michael, Mike Pence, Mike Flyhead Pence. And, but anyways, he said something about that. And, and, and it's just ironic because the irony of it all. We're in here fighting up a fake civil war. We got army and service men and women that are in the Capitol, like maybe possibly going to war against their brothers and sisters, or their neighbors or cousins. Like literally, Americans fighting Americans. They're in there, and those servicemen and women are gonna do their jobs. I would imagine they've taken an oath. They're volunteering, you know, to go and protect and serve. And we're—it's weird. It just feels weird to even talk about those, that there are <coughs> literally army servicemen that are at the Capitol and all around uh, America in all 52 states in alarming fashion to be prepared for the 20th and probably beyond um, because people are very angry at our democratic process and the fact that uh, DJT was not okay and all this misinformation going on around you know listen I always say and I recommend it in this show and I think others should just maybe do this in your normal day-to-day life do your own research think with your own mind you can only be told so many times, you know, to, to go left when, you know, you could make the decision to go right. You know, you don't have to take something that you read on Breitbart or wherever you guys get your news information. I don't know. And take it as word is bond. And it's not. You don't have to do that. I think that's annoying and I think it's weird. And I think it's like one of those things where we should understand that. 
<sighs> we're we're better than that. We're better than looking at the images that we're looking at of our servicemen. And I say that in jest. I don't have to keep repeating myself. But of our servicemen uh, ready and, and armed and ready to, to, to protect our own selves against our own selves. To protect Americans against Americans is weird. Or we, what, what do we call it? They're going to f- protect us against the Patriots? Or is it the PBs? Is it standbys? Like, what do you call you people that are trying to to amp up this 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 debauchery? Take a take a breather, take a step back, and let's remember what Dr. King said so powerfully and so eloquently that we are created equal, all men. Have the same inalienable rights, and we should know that every person who fought in a civil manner, who marched in a civil manner to secure those for us, they didn't do it in vain. Okay, they didn't lose their lives in vain, whether it was to James Earl Ray or to the FBI or to whoever who didn't ignore, who didn't get down with people broadening the scope in in spreading that message let's stop confusing ourselves with movements that mean love and mean togetherness and trying to convince others that it means hate and divisiveness black lives mattering does not equal hate and divisiveness it literally means that okay and uh so I do have a dream as well that uh, we figure this out and I have a dream that when I wake up on the 20th and go to sleep on the 20th that I won't have gone asleep to the news that a war broke out in America we are better than that we are so much better than that I'm your host Charbothe with WTF Landia radio show Happy MLK Day. His birthday was January 15th. But we celebrate it today. And let's remember remember to carry the efforts and the message that he presented to us. And uh, hold it close and let it not be in vain. And remember, as you know, funky as you are, you're a human that deserves love. That means anyone who's listening to this right now. You deserve love. And you deserve to be able to be better than you were. Huh? Even yesterday. Even a moment ago. Because when you are given even the gift of another second. That means you're capable of being better. You're capable of great and positive change. Later. At this time, I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, 
The Negro still is not free. One hundred years later, the, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. One hundred years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. One hundred years later, the, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize the shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. that the Bank of Justice is bankrupt. We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until there is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. nor tranquility in America until the Negro has granted his citizenship rights. 
The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place. We must not be guilty of wrongful deeds. Let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred. We must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protests to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. And they have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied. As long as our bodies, heavy with the fatigue of travel, cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not my unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, So even though 
we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow. I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama, with its vicious racist, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. One day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the south with. With this faith. We will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, 
Thank God Almighty, we are free at last. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the entire contents and design of this podcast are the property of WTF Landia Radio or used by WTF Landia Radio with permission and are protected under U.S. and international copyright and trademark laws. Except as otherwise provided herein, users of this podcast may save and use information contained in the podcast only for personal or non-commercial educational purposes, no other use, including without limitation reproduction, retransmission, or editing of this podcast may be made without the prior written permission of WTF Landia Radio, which may be requested by contacting WTF Landia Radio. By assessing this podcast, I acknowledge that the WTF Landia Radio makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on this information provided in the podcast is done at your own risk this podcast should not be considered professional advice unless unless stated otherwise the wtf landia radio group does not endorse approve recommend or certify any information product process service or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast and information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement the third party materials or or content of any third party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinion standards or policies of WTF Landia Radio. WTF Landia Radio assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compliance with the applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein. Moreover, WTF Landia Radio makes no warranty that this podcast or the server that makes it available is free of viruses, worms, or other elements or codes that manifest contaminating or destructive properties. WTF Landia Radio expressly disclaims any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages arising out of any individual's use of reference to this, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast.